0: And uh, I want to warmly wish you a happy Mother's Day. Uh, my mom is in Kelowna today, so I don't know if she's watching. But if you are, happy, happy Mother's Day, Mom. We love you. Charity and I, uh, my wife Charity and I, um, we like to uh, visit other churches when we're on holidays and when we're on breaks. And, uh, and so usually uh, the church that we go visit has something to do with uh, a connection that our kids might have from Regina Christian School or, or friends that we have from Regina Christian School. And, and so we've been to quite a few uh, different churches in town. And about four years ago, uh, we went to a church where they currently didn't have a pastor. And so the first hour of the service, people would just stand up and they would start to share what, what God has put on their heart. Or they'd start to s- start to share testimony of what God's doing in their life. Or they would give direction for the service. They would say, I feel that we're supposed to sing this hymn right now or this song. Or they would uh, read a scripture or that kind of thing. And, uh, and so this went on and, and throughout the entire hour, Charity and I noticed that not one woman had stood up to say anything. And uh, we, thought, um, we thought that was kind of more than a coincidence. And so we just talked to our friends um, that, that attended that church, and uh, we actually talked to uh, the wife, uh, just immediately following the service and said, hey, I just noticed that, that uh, it was only men. That, was, that were standing up and, and talking during the service. And, and she then proceeded to tell us that, that their church believes that only men are allowed to speak in a church service. And uh, Charity and I were, were shocked. Uh, we were really taken off guard, and uh, we, we didn't really know what to say. So we just said, oh, okay let's talk about something else and and so um there the the women of that church they could play the piano uh they could they were there there were some involved in the kitchen ministry there were some involved in children's ministry but none of the women in that church are allowed to even speak during the service um and uh And they weren't even allowed to read scripture. And and that really impacted me. And and I remember just leaving that day. Um, I I just couldn't reconcile that in my mind. I I just couldn't reconcile that in my spirit. And uh, ever since that experience, that was about four years ago now, I've always wanted to address that at King's Corner. I always wanted to talk about that. And... uh, and we 're in a, a current series here called let 's talk about it and that kind of opens the door to it and and so um, this series addresses some of those controversial uh, uncomfortable topics that that cause division in the church in the body of christ and and so this topic of women in ministry and some of you might be completely unaware of this i was I was I would say I was more unaware of this. And especially in researching for this message, I couldn't believe the division that that this topic of women in ministry has caused in the church, in the body of Christ. And and so there are many believers, there are many believers, many churches that, that don't believe women should preach Teach or lead in a church. And there's many believers in churches like the church that Charity and I attended that don't believe women should even speak in a church service. So a couple of things I want to say just to kind of preface the message here. First of all, number one is, is we need to look at this, this issue biblically. Um, our church is, is not about being politically correct. Our church is about being biblically correct. Okay, so, so we're not influenced from, from the loudest voices in the world, in our culture, okay? Uh, but we want to know what, what God says. So, so whatever side you land on with this issue, um, I just want to challenge you. We can't be so committed and, and so entrenched in our opinions and our biases and our experiences that we don't allow the Word of God to speak to us. Is that fair? Right? So we can't have our mind made up about things before we consult what God has to say. All right? And so I think that's something that definitely can happen with with this issue on both sides, on both sides of this issue. The second thing is this, is this is is a non-essential issue. And when I say that, I'm not saying it's not important. Okay, if, if it's not important, then, then I wouldn't be talking about it, okay, and, and I wouldn't want my daughter to, to listen to this, this message and hear this message today. I think it's a very important issue, but when I say non-essential, I mean that it doesn't impact eternity. Do you know that you can still love Jesus and be on either side of the fence of this issue? And, and the people that attended the church that Charity and I visited clearly loved Jesus, I just want to make that really clear. Okay, they clearly loved Jesus. That wasn't the issue. Okay? Um, But they definitely have a different interpretation of Scripture than Charity and I. But at King's Corner, we have liberty for those non essential beliefs. We're free to disagree, and in all of our beliefs, whether we agree or not, we still love, honor, and respect each other. Is that true? Okay, so that's part of our culture here at King's Corner Church. Okay, I think I, think I better pray before I get into this one. What do you think? Okay, because I'm seeing a lot of folded arms already. Oh. What's he going to say, I wonder? Okay, so let's, let's pray. God, I, I thank you so much for today, and, and I thank you for your presence in this place. And, and, God, I just pray that, Holy Spirit, you just take down our defenses. Holy Spirit, um, I pray that, that you can just speak to our hearts and that we're going to hear your voice today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, generally speaking, those people who are against women in ministry... Okay, have been influenced by two scriptures. There's two scriptures in the Bible that that um, that really uh, make this an issue. Okay, and so what I want to do is I want to look at those two scriptures in depth. Okay, and then I uh, I just have a, a, a message to all of our women and all of our young girls that are here today. Okay. So let's begin. The first one, go ahead and turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. So we've got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Then we've got Acts and Romans. Then we've got all the Ian's, all the Ian's books. Okay, and the first one is First and Second Corinthians. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 to 35. Let's read it together. Women should be silent during the church meetings. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive just as the law says. If they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home for it is improper for women to speak in church meetings. Okay? Now, when trying to understand Scripture we always need to understand the context of a scripture. Okay, you can take a sentence out of any conversation and completely misrepresent the person that said the sentence, right? And and completely misunderstand what was actually being said. Have you you ever walked into a conversation and you're kind of stunned by the last thing you just heard them talk about? Right, and it's because we don't have context, right? So you approach a conversation, and then and then you hear um, you know you hear me say, "I just think we should kill them all," and and then <laughs> and then you're like, "What? Pastor Brett thinks we should kill people?" No, I was talking about the demon bugs, the the maple bugs. I wasn't talking about people. I think we should kill all demon bugs. That's just an... It's in the Bible, I think. Anyway. Um, but I really, I really like this. I really like this quote. It says, Taking the text out of context leaves you with a con. Um, it is good. I stole it. I steal most of my stuff. And 1 Corinthians okay so so let 's begin by looking at scriptures before first corinthians fourteen thirty four and thirty five and look at uh, some scriptures after, okay, so the first one first corinthians fourteen twenty six Paul says, Well, my brothers and sisters let 's summarize when you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will will uh, tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. Okay? Look at, look at, let's look at the scripture after that now, 1 Corinthians 14, 39. So my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and don't forbid speaking in tongues. So clearly, clearly, we can know that Paul is not forbidding women to speak in church when just before and after that scripture, he's encouraging them to speak in church. He clearly addresses brothers and sisters sisters and says that both men and women will teach and share what God has revealed in their hearts and speak in tongues and give interpretations of those tongues and operate in prophecy Prophecy. You need to use your voice and your mouth and your lips when you're giving prophecy. Okay? So, so um, Paul encourages women to, women to function in spiritual gifts in church. So Paul's not against speaking, women speaking in church in this passage, but he is against something, isn't he? Okay? We can't deny that Paul's not against something here. Okay? He's got a problem with something. He's giving a teaching right now, okay? And so in, in 1 Corinthians 14, and 40, in the same chapter, he says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. But be sure that everything is done properly and in order. So let's understand, Paul is speaking against disorder right now. He's not speaking against women, okay? So there's been disorder in the church. And from 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 11, through to chapter 14, Paul is addressing the problems. He's addressing the disorder, okay? And so there's been disorder with using spiritual gifts improperly in these chapters, specifically tongues and prophecy and using spiritual gifts without love, okay? And apparently, there's also been disorder with women speaking out of turn in church, okay? Now, that Greek word silent, okay? So when we go back to 1 Corinthians 14 there, it says women should be silent, okay? Let's understand what that word means. That word silent describes a change of behavior Okay, in this case, it's keeping control of one's mouth as opposed to rambunctious, high-spirited, disorderly speaking. It's a description of holding one's peace. See, what we need to understand is for centuries, okay, women were not trained religiously. They were not allowed to sit in the synagogue. Women were not allowed to go to church. Okay, but there was a, a little court yard area outside the synagogue where the women could sit they couldn't hear the teaching but they could pray and that was the primary role of women in the old testament okay and so and so they've not been to church okay but when Jesus comes he elevates women to equality with men and and Paul talks about that revelation in Galatians. Okay? And this this was radical thinking during this time. He says there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. So now there's no distinction of religion, class and gender in Christ, but we are one in Jesus. So Jesus changes all the protocols, and so now in the New Testament church, for the very first time, you have to understand this, for the very first time, we have both men and women in a church service together. How exciting is that gonna be? For the women to come and hear the truth of the word of God, they had no teaching, no education, and no training. And now for the very first time, they're sitting in church listening to the word of God. And they're gonna have some questions, right? And so now the women are talking and they're asking questions about the word of God during the service. If all the women were doing this, it would be distracting. Could you imagine if while I'm talking right now, all of the women that are here presently we're, we're, we're talking and having conversations and asking questions. Even if they were all whispering. Because let's be honest, some of you can't whisper. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not just talking about women, I'm talking about men and women. Right? Like some people just don't have that whisper voice. I, I go to movies sometimes with, with my friend and he... he I don't want to give his name because I'll just say it's T. Cousins. Wait, wait. That's too, that's too obvious. It's, I, I should, it's Tim C. That's, that's better. And, and so we go to movies, and he has no whisper voice. And it doesn't matter what part of the movie, all of a sudden there's a face right beside me. He said, I think I know who did it. I'm like, shh. And, you know, we're already getting the the half turns. (laughs) Through the whole previews, right? We get the half turns. Anyway, I'm sorry. So some of us don't know, they don't have a whisper voice. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to buy you something nice. Um, none of that was a part of my message. I'm totally lost. So, so that would be very distracting. Okay. And so Paul is teaching women how to function and behave properly in church because they've never been in church before. That's what this scripture is about. When someone is teaching and preaching the word, the women, uh, need he's saying the women need to hold back their questions, okay, until after the church service. Okay, so those conversations are not appropriate during the service. So basically what Paul's doing is he's he's teaching them to value the word of God. That's what Paul's doing. I think we can learn how to value the word of God better at King's Corner. When someone's preaching, it doesn't matter if it's me or, or someone else, but when someone's preaching the word of God, it's not appropriate to have conversations, even in the foyer. Because the word is is heard in the foyer too because we're, we're um, what's the word, projecting it uh, in the speaker. We're, uh, I can't. I don't know terminology, broadcasting it in the foyer as well. And sometimes there's people in the foyer that want to hear the Word of God. And so, so we need to learn how to value the Word of God too at King's Corner. So I, I totally understand this. I totally can relate to this with Paul. Um, but let's be clear. Paul is calling women to submission, not to silence. He's calling women to submission, not to silence. 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 35, I'll show that again. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home. And a lot of people look to that phrase, as the law says. And they think, see, women should be quiet. They shouldn't speak in church because that's what the law says. There is no law. There is no law that says women should be quiet in church because they weren't even allowed to be in church until Jesus So there's no law about women. That's not what that's saying, okay? Um, There's no such law. But the law that, that this verse is referring to is a wife's submission to her husband. How many of you know that women have been created equal with men? That women have the same value as men? But men and women have different roles in the family. Is that true, according to the Bible? Okay. And so Ephesians 5.22 says, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If both husbands and wives are fulfilling their God-given roles, marriage is a beautiful thing. It's easy to love when there's submission, and it's easy to submit when there's love. Would you agree? Okay, and so and so when Paul says um, so. When Paul says, if they have questions, going back to that, that scripture we're looking at, okay, the Greek there translate that phrase as if they are seriously willing to learn. So if, this, if they're seriously willing to learn, right, they're not just talking, but they're actually seriously wanting to learn more about the Word of God, then they should ask their husband when they get home, ask, that, that Greek word there it means interrogate. And I, 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 I'm not going to insert a joke there because I, I'm concerned for my health and safety already. And so I'm not going to, you insert your own there. But, but that word ask means to interrogate. And so it's, it's more than just, hey, what would you think of this? It's like, it's, it's these women that have not heard the word of God and they're finally hearing truth. And now they're, they're so excited and now they're, they're interrogating their husbands about it when they get home. Like, teach me, what does this mean? What does this mean for you? What does this mean for me? How is this going to impact our life going forward? Right? Like interrogate. That's what that means. Right? Interview, grill, right? So that they can understand the truth better. But when it comes to the scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, I really believe you need need to be able to answer this question in your heart. Okay, and this is the question that I could not reconcile in my mind and in my heart. Okay, and this is the question you need to ask. Do you really think, do you really believe that God wants to silence half the body of Christ in the church? That doesn't sound like God to me. That sounds like someone else. Selah. <laughs> Let's go to First Timothy. This is the second verse, okay? This is the second verse where, where people um, have this, this struggle or this issue lies. 1 uh, Timothy, it's 1 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 11 to 13, it says, Let a woman learn in silence with all submission, and I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Okay? Now, when you read both of these scriptures, it it sounds cut and dry, right? But we need to understand the context. And again, again, I believe that this scripture, okay, and, and I'll just say this, okay, I, I'm telling you what I believe. I, I'm telling you what, what I feel is, is right about these scriptures, but, but we all have to resolve in our own hearts, right, the word of God. We all have to figure this out, okay? And so I believe that this scripture is also a call to submission, okay? And so I believe this scripture is actually referring, referring not woman generally, men generally, as much as a husband and a wife, okay? And there's four reasons. Actually, I'm going to give you five. Five reasons why I think that, okay? Number one um, is the Greek words for, for man and woman. So the Greek word for woman is the same word used for wife. Did you know that? It's going to depend how, the, how the, the, whoever writes the Bible interprets that. Okay. Um, and the Greek word for man is the same word used for husband. Okay. That's number one. Number two, it says a woman and a man. Okay. It's not saying all women are to submit to all men. And some people interpret it that way. Okay. But I can't walk down the street and see a woman and say, Hey, can you go get me a slurpee? <laughs> like, like, that's ridiculous. So, so this is not all women to submit to all men. But who is a woman to submit to? We've already talked about it. Her husband. Okay, her husband. And, and so number three, uh, this scripture is grounded in creation. Okay, Paul takes it back and grounds it to Adam and Eve. Right and the original purpose and and creation and role of husband and wife. Number four, um, it says usurp authority. The King James version says a woman is not to usurp the authority of a man. Okay, the Greek word there for usurp authority it's it's a domineering attitude. It's to use one's position to take up arms against another. It's to use one's position to manipulate. Okay? So please remember, this is all new. Women have never been in church before. Paul is writing to Timothy, who is is pastoring the church in Ephesus. Okay? So Paul is, is saying a woman should not be teaching if she's not in right relationship with her husband. If she's not willing to come under his authority... Or if she's using that position wrongly, that position of authority wrongly, to manipulate, to control, to dominate, then she should not be in that position. She should not be in a position to teach and lead. That's what, it, that's what he's saying. Okay, so again, it's a call to submission. This is what, my, this is what I believe the scripture is saying. It's a call to submission of a, a wife and a husband. Okay. Now one of the reasons this would have been a problem, particularly in Ephesus, was because that was the location of the temple of Diana. Okay, It used to be the temple of Artemis, but now because of Roman control, it's the temple of Diana. Diana was a Roman goddess of fertility. And, and most of the people in Ephesus worshipped at this temple. Okay? And, and so... And so uh, there were prostitutes in this temple, that was part of that was part of this, this I'll say cult. Okay, no, I wouldn't even say religion. This this part of this cult. Okay, and and there were many women in authority. Okay, but obviously they weren't under godly submission uh, because they didn't know God. Okay, and and so until. Paul's ministry in Ephesus, almost everyone worshiped at this temple. So this was the example that many people in Ephesus had for church. Okay, so when they got saved, Paul needed to teach the people and Timothy needed to teach the women how to function in God's house. This is why before 2 Timothy, Chapter 2, 11 to 13, that scripture we looked at. This is why Paul's addressing how women should dress in church. Because they dressed very promiscuously at the temple of Diana. Okay? And, and, and he's teaching that they need to be in proper relationship with their husband if, if they're in roles of authority. Because many people in Ephesus only knew the protocols and the etiquettes of the temple of Diana. Does that make sense to everybody and and so here 's number five okay I also don 't believe Paul is saying that women should not preach or teach or be in leadership positions over men because he was doing ministry with many women that do those very things that did those very things okay and so the best example and there 's lots of examples throughout the Bible of women in leadership roles that God-appointed leadership roles for women. There's lots of examples. I could talk about Deborah in the Old Testament, right? I think the best example who worked in ministry with Paul was Priscilla. How How many of you are familiar with Priscilla? Okay. So in Acts chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife, Priscilla. So when it says Paul found, okay, the Greek word there for found is the word that we use for Eureka, okay? So this was a significant find. This was a God-appointed moment with Paul meeting Aquila and Priscilla, okay? And, uh, and they were very significant in Paul's life and ministry. Look at Romans 16, verse 3 to 5. Paul says, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them, and, are so, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also, give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. So Priscilla and Aquila are pastors of a church. Priscilla is pastoring a church with her husband. You know what's very interesting about Aquila and Priscilla is that after that initial word in Acts 18, 1-2, when we first meet Aquila and Priscilla, okay, that is the last time that Aquila's name precedes Priscilla. After that, every time you, you hear about them, it's, it's Priscilla's name is always mentioned first, just like Paul did in Romans 16. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. Okay, and I would guess that's because Priscilla had a greater capacity in gifting in ministry. Have you ever seen a church where the husband was hired as the pastor, but the wife had the greater anointing for teaching and preaching? Have you ever seen that before? Right? And I know Joyce Meyer doesn't pastor a church, but that's that's who I think of. Who could possibly say there's not a great anointing on her life to preach and teach the word? Okay, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if countless times that that couple was introduced, this is Joyce Meyer and this is her husband, Dave. Right? And I've heard Joyce many times talk about her submission to Dave, her husband. But she has a greater teaching anointing to teach and preach the word of God, right? Um, not every man could do that, is that right? Right? Okay and and I, I know I, I've also heard Dave speak before, Dave Meyer, and I know that he's okay because he's very secure in his calling and his identity. He's not threatened by what God's doing through his wife. Um, there's a, a, a man a, a preacher that that many of you know I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say his first initial and last name or his last first name and last initial. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say his name because i I, I just don't. I, I, don't, um, I don't think it's right to ever speak against um, other ministers of the Lord, ever. Um, and so he is very against women in ministry. Uh, he will never share a stage with a woman if a woman is speaking. He'll never go to a conference if a woman is speaking. I mean, he's a very well-known, very famous preacher, and this is the quote that, that he said. He said, empowering women makes weak men. Empowering women makes weak men. And there was another preacher that I was listening to this week, and, and he, he, he said, you know, um, I, I would change one word in that, in that quote, and this is what he says. Empowering women scares weak men. I don't think Aquila was a weak man. I don't think he had any problem allowing Priscilla's ministry to to flourish, right, and coming second in that regard. Okay, so he worked with Priscilla. Paul did ministry with Priscilla, co-workers with Jesus. Phoebe was another one. Phoebe, in Romans 16, verse 1, we see that Phoebe was actually a deacon in the church, this scripture says servant. I don't know why I chose that. <laughs> I don't know why I chose that translation. But, but uh, another translation says, uh, it doesn't say servant. It actually says deacon. Phoebe was, and, and that what a, that's what a deacon is. But, uh, but Phoebe was a deacon in the church. So that's a position of leadership and authority over men. Okay, Paul was okay with that. Okay, another one is junia. Junia was a prisoner with Paul. Romans 16, 7 says, Greet Adronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. And so some scholars, I don't know if I, I can say many scholars, but I know some biblical scholars believe that Junia was actually an apostle commissioned to preach and teach the gospel. By the way, aren't we all commissioned to preach and teach the gospel? So Paul was obviously in favor of these women in ministry preaching and teaching and leading because he was willing to partner with them in ministry. How am I doing? Am I okay? Okay. We need to remember, Jesus changed it all. Jesus changed it all. Jesus consistently changed gave hope and value and purpose to women. Every woman he encountered. How many of you remember the woman at the well? She went from rejected and despised to becoming an evangelist for Jesus. She brought so many people to Jesus from where she lived. Right? How many of you remember the woman with the issue of blood? How many of you know she... The Bible doesn't say she was physically healed. The Bible says she was made whole. She was made whole. Her value and her purpose was restored to her. Jesus consistently gave purpose to women, right? Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene went from prostitute and demon-possessed to to making Jesus' traveling team, right? Right? Jesus was doing ministry with Mary Magdalene, right? It's not by accident that he chose Mary Magdalene, a woman, to be the first person to announce the most important news story ever reported in the history of mankind, which was Jesus is alive. She was the first one to report that. Nothing happens by accident here, right? Why would Jesus choose Mary? Because things have changed. Things have changed now. Amen? So I say all of that this morning to say this specifically to our women, our young girls. At King's Corner Church, please don't ever, ever, ever feel inferior because you're a woman. At King's Corner Church, Please don't ever, ever, ever feel unsure or insecure about who you are in Jesus Christ and about your purpose in the body of Christ. But we are one in Christ. And in this church at King's Corner, we are only going to support and encourage your contribution to the kingdom of God because your contribution is great. Because your calling is great. We recognize your calling. You've been chosen and called according to his purpose. You're part of a royal. Priesthood, you're called to ministry. You're commissioned by God to make disciples. You are God's workmanship. You're His masterpiece. You are created new in Jesus to do good works that He planned for you to do at the foundation of the world was being laid. We recognize your gifting, that in Jesus you have the mind of Christ. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing. You have a ministry of reconciliation. You've been given spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit operates spiritual gifts through you to strengthen the body. Amen? Amen. I'd like to to end today with a Mother's Day prayer, and, and, and I always... I always like to end our Mother's Day with a Mother's Day prayer. I know that, that Mother's Day can sometimes be a very difficult day for people. Um, maybe your mother's passed away. And, and maybe you loved your mother greatly. Or maybe you really struggle in your relationship with your mother. But either way, there could be some, some pain there. On Mother's Day, maybe you've got a broken relationship with your mother. Or you've got a broken relationship with your child. Right and, and Mother's Day can be kind of a painful reminder. And so, and so I just want to pray for, for all, of, all of our women today, no matter where we're at. Can we do that? Amen. Let's pray. God, I just thank you uh, for our spiritual moms. I thank you, God, for our grandmothers and, and mother figures at King's Corner who provide love and guidance and prayer to so many. God, I thank you for our moms of foster kids. Help them to know how to love those kids today that might be feeling rejection or hurt or just missing their own mothers. God, I just pray for wisdom and peace in their homes today. God, I just want to pray for new mothers. Just pray that you give them sleep and rest and understanding and appreciation of the amazing season that they're in with their kids that goes so quickly. God, I want to pray for mothers-to-be, just that you give them a peace, that you help them to know that you're in control. Give them a confidence that they're going to be a great mother as they rely on you. God, I pray for those who have lost their mothers. Pray for peace in their soul today as they reflect on their mother. I also just want to pray for, for moms who have lost a child And God, we recognize that you understand this hurt because you lost a child. And so you know exactly how to comfort them. So I just pray that you comfort them today in Jesus' name. We ask that you send the comforter to them this morning. Let them know your presence. God, we pray for stepmoms of blended families, just wisdom in navigating all that goes with that and, and just pray for a hope for the future for their family. Pray for delayed or failed adoptions. Pray, God, that you be with those those women today and their hurt, their frustration. Just give them peace and give them hope. Just flood their their spirit with hope today, Lord. Pray for moms with broken relationships with children. We declare reconciliation in those relationships. We pray, God, for softening of hearts right now in Jesus' name so you can speak to those hearts and administer healing and grace and that those hearts of stone become hearts of flesh in Jesus' name name God I want to pray for all those moms today that are uh, you know in in, in they're, they're they're trying to be honored but they're they're just can't get past some of the mistakes that they've made in their life God I just pray that that you just help them to understand your grace and your love Today, Lord, in Jesus' name, and I just pray freedom for them in Jesus' name from guilt and accusation in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to pray comfort to all those mothers, who, who, all those women who want to be mothers, but it just hasn't happened yet. God, encourage them. Let your will and your word be done in their lives. Strengthen their faith. God, we celebrate and we give you praise for those who adopted new kids into their home this year, for grandmothers who welcome new grandbabies, for the women who are carrying babies in their bodies right now, right now. And and so there might be some accidental parents, but there's no accidental kids. You created those kids in Jesus' name. And so we thank you for mothers of every stage of life mothers of preschoolers and grade schoolers and mothers in that empty nest stage and grandmothers who who pray and intercede and stand in the gap for their families we pray for strength and courage for them and we commit ourselves to honoring loving and protecting the mothers in our life and in this church family not just today but all throughout the year and through our lives in Jesus name we pray amen amen all right. Well, our worship team and our prayer team are going to come by. Our service is officially dismissed now. And Alan and Vince are going to be handing out uh, some flowers for you, uh, moms, women. I hope you felt honored today with with the breakfast and and with the flowers and uh, and uh, and so all the all the women, all the not just moms, all the women. We're going to say age fourteen and higher. Because all those other, uh, the, 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 the girls below that are all in, in class and they're doing other things. So who's 14 and higher, who's in the sanctuary today, in the service today, we have a, a flower for you uh, just to honor you for Mother's Day. So our, our service is officially dismissed right now, but our prayer team is going to be up here as the worship team sings their last song. And I'm going to ask men uh, if you could help put away tables and chairs in the gym, uh, that would be amazing and, and be a huge help, man, if we could meet in the gym right away and put those away. All right. God bless everyone. Happy Mother's Day.